Good morning. My name is Tony Zhang in Chinese way. We say Zhang. Yeah, Zhang. Yeah, uh, let's just show my family picture. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we took this picture the last uh, Christmas, and uh, I was dressed up like Santa, and uh, in front is my wife. Her name is Lily. Uh, two daughters. Uh, the older one is eight, and uh, the second one, two and a half. Yeah, she's the cutest baby in the world <laughs> for us. Yeah. Um, it's a pleasure and uh, it's a great uh, honor to be here. And, uh, you know, our BGC director, Roger, asked me to preach here. And uh, it is my seventh time preaching in English. And uh, <laughs> every time I preach in English, you know, in English, uh, I feel nervous. So I, I do need you pray for me and uh, ask God give me the ability to you know, speak well, and uh, also I can explain, you know, what I want to share with you today, this morning, clearly help you to understand. And it also is the first time someone asked me to preach this verse or this, this scripture. <laughs> Roger did that. I called him when I was preparing, oh, too hard, Roger, can I change? <laughs> and he said, no. <laughs> I said, okay. Okay, I follow you. So the topic for today is a prayer for Thessalonians. And uh, the main scripture from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 9 to 13. Um, please help me, we read together, okay? Yeah. Can you see? Is this big enough for you? Okay. Maybe for someone it's not. <laughs> uh, verse 9. Let's read together. How can we... Thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in presence of our God because of you. Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God. And Father, when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Okay, let's pray together. Lord, I really thank you for the chance I can preach here and share your words with your people here. Lord, I pray and I ask your Holy Spirit just come upon us and help me to speak English well and, uh, and share your words well and uh, help each of us to understand you more and uh, to refresh and uh, to be strengthened by your words, Lord. And uh, Lord, I thank you. And uh, please help me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The reason Paul wrote the letter to the Thessalonians, and uh, I found from the book, it's a couple reasons here I want to share with you first, because Paul really missing them. He missed the people, all the brothers and sisters there. 
The first Thessalonians chapter two, verse seventeen to eight said, "But brothers and sisters, when we were ordained by being separated from you for a short time in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly, I." Paul did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. So the scripture tells us Paul really missed the people there. Do you know how long Paul spent his time there in the very beginning of the church? Only three weeks there. And、uh, you know the people in the, the city, the、uh, the Jewish people, the jealous about Paul, what they did, they tried to get him. Persecution, what's going on there? So he left, went to a different city, and he stayed the city called uh, uh, Corinth. Is correct? Okay. For one and a half year, so he wrote the First Thessalonians. Uh, this during the period of time in Corinth, we don't know exactly, but we can imagine. I think about maybe already after a couple months or. In one year, he missed them very much. And the verse,、uh, chapter three, six said, "But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us, just as we also long to see you." We see here, when Paul could not go there, and he sent Timothy went there, and when Timothy came back, he shared all the good news with Paul, and then you see the people Paul miss them, and the, the people in Thessalonians they also miss Paul. They miss one another. We can say they love one another, and、uh, the second reason. Paul wrote the letter. It's misunderstanding. The people, all the Christians in the city, they got some misunderstanding about the second come, our Jesus Christ, his second come. Chapter four, eleven said, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work. With your hands, just as we told you. Why Paul said that? Because because they have missed an understanding about the second come. Some of them they said, "Oh, our Lord Jesus is coming so soon, so we don't need to work hard." So they stop working. That's the reason. And、uh, Paul said this: "You should work hard continually." And another group, some people in the chapter four, verse thirteen said, "Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Some of them they lost their hope because they believe Jesus is coming soon. So for the their." Family, like some brother, sister already dead. They think, they thought, they cannot be saved. 
That's another reason. Because they got wrong about the second come. The two group of people, they have a different way. So they have no faith about the second come. The third reason Paul wrote this letter is mistake they already had in the church. The chapter 4, three, verse 3 to 4 said, It's God's will that you should be... What, what do you pronounce this word? <laughs> Help me, please. Sanctified. Okay, thank you. Sanctified. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that's holy and uh, honorable. That's some people in the church. They get influence from out of the church, some other religion. They commit to adultery, some, the bad thing already happened in the church, but not very seriously. So we can, through Paul's words, we can say something happened, but not very seriously. Okay, that's the three reasons Paul wrote this letter. But today, we focus Paul's prayer for this church. First, I want to share with you that in Paul's prayer, he said, Supply what is lacking in your faith. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 to 10 said, How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Paul wants to say that. But the purpose he wants to meet them again to share something very important about their faith. We remember Paul only spent three weeks in the church. I think it's a, a lot of truth about Jesus Christ. He had no chance to share with them. The one main thing is about the second come. So that's the reason something happened that we just shared in the beginning. And Paul wants to be with them and continue to teach them about that. We let, let's say, the chapter 4, verse 14 to verse 18 said, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. That's Paul trying to tell them. They worry about the people, their friends, family, relatives already died in Jesus Christ. Those people, Jesus, they bring them back again. And those people, that in the verse 16 said, and the dead in Christ will rise first. That's Paul tried to tell them. And uh, when we continue, we say, after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. That's Paul trying to encourage them. For those who already died, they were raised first. And they and us, we still alive, we will call up to meet our Lord in the eye together. 
He tried to brought the hope again to those people to trust God. Whenever, whoever you believe in Jesus, you will be saved. Chapter five. Was one here? Paul here he tried to explain another thing. For the time of second come, we don't know here. And he said, "Now, brothers and sisters, about times and the days we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, where people are saying peace and safety." Traction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on the pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in the darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and the children of the day. You do not belong to the night or to the darkness. All the Thessalonians sisters and brothers and us belong to the day, belong to the day, the light. That is the hope. Our Lord Jesus is coming back. And here is a question I ask you and I ask myself: What is luck in your faith? For this church, you know, our mother church sent me to the new church. They just planted three years ago in the West Meadows, and we we have same size with you. Every Sunday we have around 40 adults, and we have 20 kids. About that, when I moved to the church, I try to meet people. And、I、visit them, and I start pray for the vision for the church. And、uh, you know, I because my background, the church is、uh, is like two or three hundred people there. And in my heart, something going on. Just oh, how can I help the church grow, grow, and、uh, become like a one hundred, later two hundred. And I kept praying for that. And、uh, one day. When Roger was sitting with me, and we prayed together, he asked me the question first: Did the Lord give you any vision about the church? I said, Not yet. And let's pray. When he was praying, you know, immediately in my heart, there was a picture. You know, some of you you may know the building, huh? West Meadows Baptist Church. There is a cross. Just it's a Lift up from the building, you know, up and up. And when I see the cross, it's all the people. We we get together, hold the cross, and lift it up. And I see the people from the West Edmonton Mall, from the the community everywhere. They was walking forward toward to the cross. That's the vision God gave to me. The only thing we need to do for the church. Is lift the cross up. That's what we should do. Because the cross show His salvation, show God's love, His mercy.
for us. And uh, I don't know your church well. And I know some church worry about the people, attendance, ministry is going well. Some church worry about money. My background, I get involved with Young Life, the mission group, for seven years. As a missionary, you know, I need to do fundraising for myself, for my salary, or budget, operating fee, everything. I tell you this, in the very beginning, I was, I worry a lot. I, I didn't know how can I do it. You know, as a Chinese culture, it's a shame to ask money from people. So I remember in the very beginning, I was in China, in Beijing, and I, I, I tenderly, I prayed for this. I said, God, if you really want me to do young life, you show me how can I do it. Okay, this night, I put a 100 uh, MB on the table. Tomorrow morning, when I woke up, become 200, I believe you give me money. Because I don't want to get money from people at that time. But I know after seven years, I tell you this. 50% of my donor, they didn't know me. They just heard there is a Chinese guy is, you know, doing young life in high school. And they called me and just donated money to young life. It is amazing. So, whenever in your heart is like of your faith, it's money or it's people, it doesn't matter. Be faithful. God provides what we need. The only thing we do, lift the cross up in your life, in the church life. The second I want to share with you, Paul said, make your love increase and overflow. In the chapter 3, verse 12 said, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as our words are does for you. Paul and Timothy and did the part with his co worker they already made a good example for the church. So he wrote the letters, you love one another more. In the verse 9, uh, chapter 4, verse 9 said, Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you. Why? Because they already, the church, Thessalonians, the sister, brothers, they already love one another. And uh, for yourselves had been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout, uh, what's this word pronounced for me? Macedonia? Okay, okay. You know much better than me. Okay. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. That's Paul tried to encourage them and ask them to love more. I think for everyone in the church, Thessalonians, when they read the letter in a public place during their service, I think they might think that how we already love one another. How can we love more? In Paul's letter, 
he continued to describe how to love more. In the chapter 5, verse 12 said, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. 13 said, Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. That's the first way Paul told them to love all the people who work so hard in the church. Maybe they, they were teachers, they were leaders, deacons, elders. They were working so hard for the church. Love them first. Love them more. And second, in the verse 14, and Paul said, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are, another word hard for me, idle and this, this okay, okay. <laughs> That's the second. Warning them. Some people, they are, you know, activity or they were doing the bad thing, wrong things in the church. You should correct them, rebuke them. That's how we show your love to them. Is that interesting? For the model church, I think I'm a pastor. I'm not usually or often do this, you know, to rebuke people. But Paul wrote this to the church. That's our responsibility. It also is the way to show our love for those people. To help them to change. And the third, he said, encourage... Okay. <laughs> okay, encourage them, those people. You already understand. And the fourth said, help the weak. And the fifth said, be patient with everyone. Everyone means the whole church, everybody. So here, Paul taught them how you can increase your love, how your love can overflow. For different people, love them in a different way. Some people in your church you should respect because they, were, they are working so hard. Some people, maybe very few, you need to rebuke them. For the most people, everyone in the church, we need to be patient. You know, church just like family. I just showed in the very beginning my daughter, first one, eight years old, and the second one, two and a half. The big trouble we got, we are experiencing now, they start fight. They try to get the toy they, you know, they like. They fight. The little one always cry. Wow, oh, you know. One day, when the little one was crying, my wife could not do anything, and my wife started crying. <laughs> it's real life. It's real life. I think, you know, our God, you know, give us marriage, family, children, help us to experience more about His love. When we're working together, 
for his kingdom as the body of the Christ, we need to have the patience for everyone because everyone is different. The culture is different. The background is different. And, uh, you know, we, we see the Christian life, some, somebody already, maybe more than 40 years, somebody just four months, that's totally different. But we need to be patient with them. That's the way Thessalonians could increase their love. And it's also the way we can increase our love. And uh, in John, the book of John 13, 34 said, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's a great command from our Lord. We practice everything in our daily life. Then the first John, chapter 3, verse 16 said, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And, uh, you know, I started preparing this sermon it's one month ago. And uh, it's very interesting. Recently, almost three weeks ago, I rewrite uh, my prayer, I try to settle down like a Monday, I pray for, my, pray for myself, my whole family, uh, family uh, members in China. Thursday, I pray for all leaders and their family, all deacons, yeah, small group leader, their children name, I write down in my notebook. And I pray for, the Wednesday, I pray for all the church friends. Thursday for the all newcomers. Friday for other churches. That's my like a prayer schedule. Yeah, and I start pray for all the leaders. I this is my prayer. I, I Lord, you help them to continue grow in Christ. And you know, I just pray that one day, as something happened in my church, one hour digging. And he's younger than me, and I invite him to preach in the church uh, once every two months. He has the gift to preach. And, uh, and he talked to our chair, said, Oh, I feel almost a couple months, uh, all the sermons in our church not really you know, connect with the real gospel. And the chair talked to me, and I said, let's invite him to get together. Why he said this? And, uh, you know, we had uh, two weeks ago, we had a meeting together. She shared what he was thinking, and I didn't describe anything. And I asked him, please pray with me. And we continue study on this and pray for that. And last night, we had another meeting again. 
myself, this young guy, and the two leaders from our church. And I share what the scripture said in the first Thessalonians. Because I prepared the sermon, I read the whole book, the whole letter. So in the chapter 2, do you remember what Paul said? As a leader, a pastor, or preacher, we entrust the gospel. In Chinese, we, we, we say, we preach what the Jesus preached. And the second, as a leader, we should have the heart of like a mother for the congregation. And the third, like a father. That means we should have the heart of Jesus Christ, the heart of the mother, the heart of father for the people, for God's people. And I share with all the three leaders. Yeah. There is a balance about you talk about grace or cross or repentance. It's there. And one thing I encourage you to do, you don't choose the topic from the Bible. Today you put here, another day you put there. Preach one book. Follow the book. That will change your preaching. And we, in the when the end of meeting we pray together and uh, you know why I share the te- testimony just happened because in the very beginning something in my heart I feel why you said that because nobody no any other leader or other people share the same thing with me and you must totally wrong <laughs> but when I study I pray and uh, God called me to love him more. You need him. You need someone have different opinion with you to help you to grow. That's the way we can increase our love. When we have different opinion about the church ministry or about somebody. The third for today I want to share with you it's Paul said, strengthen your heart. Chapter 3, verse 13 said, May he strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of God, our God and Father. When our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Why Jesus said that? He prayed for them, God will strengthen their hearts. If the people have a very strong heart, they will do what God called them to do. Why they were thinking, you know, some of them, they already get involved with some bad thing, the, you know, the out of the church that people was doing. Yeah. Because their faith, their heart getting weak. I think each of us, we have this experience. Since you became believer, your old friends can try to say something to you. Oh, you don't need to every Sunday go to the church. Like one my being in this friend, when I became believer at like 14, 
uh, uh, 13 years ago. And he said, oh, Tony, you don't need to go to church all the time, you know. You just, just believe some, something useful or helpful for you. It's enough. That's the people, they don't believe they keep saying that. But we believe God give us the Bible. They all choose. We need to obey. All of them. And so Paul prayed for them, have God strengthen their hearts to be holy. To be holy. In the chapter 4, verse 3 said, It is God's will that you should be, okay, this word again, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that's holy and honorable. That's what Paul said to the church. And it is hard. It is hard. The verse 5 said, Not impassionate, lusty like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brothers or sisters. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. To be holy. I remember... As a young guy, when I was in young life, I took a group of young people from high school to young life camp. And there's one night, you know, after a couple nights we shared the gospel, and the one night, some of them, they already had faith in Christ, commit to Jesus. And the young life led them to go to the lake, and each of them took up a rock, and uh, the leader said, let's use a rock. It, like, um, let me see. The, the rock, like your, all the things you have before, threw the rock into the lake, get rid of that. Turn around, facing to God, to live a different life. And uh, the young guy, his name is Joe, and uh, he took up the rock, and he kept the rock in his hand. And I said, Joe, <coughs> threw it, threw it. And I said, no, Tony, I cannot. I said, why? I just cannot. And, uh, you know, he told me he involved with some, what do you call it, the internet, some websites, it's dirty, and um, involved with the internet game. And the longest is three days, three days and three nights. He played one game on the internet. And usually it's eight or nine hours per day to play all the games. And he was easy to get angry, you know, very easy to lose temper with the parents, friends. And he's a kid, I know he needs God's love. And I try to, that time I try to encourage him. I know by yourself you cannot. But by the Holy Spirit, you can do it. And he listened to me, and he threw the rock into the lake. But I tell you the truth. It took a long time for him to get rid of the Internet 
the dirty stuff. But uh, he was working on that. And uh, we call each other for a couple of days. How do you do recently? And oh, not very good. Okay, let's pray. How do you do recently? Oh, it's, it was good. He was so excited. I didn't get go there. Yeah. I think uh, for each of us, we have something in our life. We need to get rid of that. To be holy. Like uh, the scripture said in the chapter 4, verse 7, For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being but God, the very God who gives you His Holy Spirit. And Peter, in his book, he said, in the first Peter chapter 1, verse 14, said, As obedient children, do not confirm to the evil desires you had when you lived... Okay. Thank you. 15. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it's written, Be holy because I am holy. That's God's prayer for the church. And that's my prayer for this church and the church I'm working for, to be holy. You see, if we really want to increase our love, we need to get rid of some sin we commit. If we really want to, you know, to get people come to the church, stay with us, to worship God together, we need to be a great model for them. Sometimes we, we got pressure. Oh, how? It's, it is hard. But we need really on Him. Pray and pray together. Encourage one another. So in the conclusion, I want to leave with you this. Supplying what is lacking in your faith. It tells us be faithful in every area for the church ministry, for your life. Make your love increase and overflow. Love more. We all need to increase our love in a different, different level. And the third, strengthen your heart. Live holy. Live holy. In the end, I leave with you the scripture is Paul wrote to the Thessalonians in the end, his greeting. And he said, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through, through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Remember, he will do it. What I am encouraging you, what I am sharing with you today, this morning, is God, Jesus Christ, he will do it for you. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, our Savior, we thank you so much 
for your cross. You died for us when we were sinners, Lord. Through the cross, you show us your love, how deep for us. Lord, you help the church here, you help everyone here to love you more first and love others more. To strengthen their hearts, to be holy, to be faithful in the ministry you called them to do, Lord. Show yourself. You are mighty God. You will do what we cannot do. And you will do what you called us to do. Because you will fulfill your will in this church. Thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.